There is always a little bit of distance between the world of Scripture and our world. That if there was a terrible thunderstorm and lightning struck and the power went out in the house and we knew the lights would not come on for hours on end, we would go to the kitchen and look underneath the sink and push the cleaning supplies to the side and grab that flashlight in the very back, hoping the batteries were still good. That none of us would go running to the pantry to find our oil lamp and extra oil to go with it. That in the world of Scripture, an oil lamp had this reservoir where the wick would pull the oil out, and if the wick was not trimmed or the oil ran out, the flame was extinguished. In our world, when we think about oil lamps, we might recall that powerful spiritual that the choir so beautifully sang for us. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning, for the time is drawing nigh. That we are invited to trim the wick and tend to the flame because light matters. It's so often when we light a candle today, for the pleasant aroma. So the house smells like freshly baked cookies, newly cut grass, that pumpkin spice of fall, that we do not know what it means to depend on the flame for light. But the parable about the ten bridesmaids in Matthew 25 invites us to step into a different world. And Matthew 25 is less about comfort and more about challenge. It is different from Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, where Jesus says, Come to me, all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there are times in our lives where we need above all else the comfort of God. But love not only comforts, it also challenges. Where in Matthew 25, we find that parable about a few talents, where those who are faithful with a few are given more, where we are invited to take a risk for what is good. 
or that parable about the judgment between goats and sheep, where we are called to feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, give clothing to the poor, care for the sick, visit the prisoner. And then there's the parable about ten bridesmaids who were waiting for the bridegroom to arrive deep into the night where they could anticipate waiting for him. And five of them were prepared. They brought extra oil. The other five did not. So at some point throughout the night, five of them ran out of oil and turned to the others for help. But there was not enough that as much as we can do to help one another, There are some things that others cannot do for us that we find such profound solace in the company of one another. We learn so much from each other about what is most good we can provide vital and essential encouragement to each other. But we can only choose faith for ourselves. We can only take a risk if we decide to do so. That we can only follow convictions that we have felt that we are invited to choose an openness towards God. And this type of openness and devotion is less about spiritual experience and more about spiritual formation. It's not the mountaintop or the valley. It is little by little. Day by day, listening and learning from the ways of Jesus. It is an openness towards God. And the prophet Amos challenges us like Matthew 25 does, so we do not confuse devotion with hollow piety where the prophet says, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies that apparently even good things like worship are missing something without sincere openness to God. That Amos urges us to let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, that worship should open us up to such things, to choosing what is most good and beneficial for all of creation. But the good news is this does not require us to master any particular skill. And it is available 
to everyone at all ages. And it is accessible whether we have influence or none at all. And it is within our grasp, whether we are a lifetime church member or first-time visitor, it is simply an openness to the steadfast love of God. In her family, Robin Wall Kimmerer says it's a point of pride that everyone learns how to build a fire with one single match. I couldn't work the clicker. (laughs) But she is from an indigenous people and part of that culture and the tradition of living off of the land is still important to them. So she had to learn to go out in the woods and choose the right material, what was good and what was not, and then how to build the best structure before striking that single match. And when she finally learned to do so, her father used it as a teachable opportunity. He asked her, what other kinds of fires are there? not just the one where we cook food or stay warm. And she said, well, there are also the sacred fires of ceremony and gratitude. He said, yes, but there is one more. And he pointed at his chest. He says, there's also the fire in here. And we have to take care of it as well. That it is the fire not of spiritual experience of the mountaintop or the valley. It is the fire of spiritual formation where little by little, day by day, we continue to listen and to learn remaining open to God's steadfast love. And this is challenging, to say the least. Because anytime we open ourselves up to God's love, we are invited to participate in God's goodness to let our light shine, which is not always easy. Sometimes, It means we choose what is hard. St. John of the Cross was a Spanish priest. His writings have been preserved and studied by the church. One of his most well-known writings is the ascent to Mount Carmel. And he talks about doing what is hard. And in a commentary on the ascent, Susan Muto helps us understand what he means when he says, endeavor to be inclined always, not to the easiest, but to the most difficult, not to the most delightful, 
but to the harshest? Not to the most gratifying, but to the less pleasant? Not to what means rest for you, but to hard work? Not to consoling, but to unconsoling? Not to the most, but to the least? If I am honest, I have to admit it's really hard for me to say those words out loud. Because I know that life is not easy for anyone. I would much rather talk about the comfort of God than the challenge of the gospel. I would much rather live in Matthew 11 than Matthew 25. But as it turns out, we need both. And as a good friend of mine has said, the church should love us enough to ask us to do hard things. And one way that we can remain open to others and to God's steadfast love is suggested by Thomas Kelly, a Quaker and a writer who says, I find that a life of little whispered words, of adoration, of praise, of prayer, of worship can be breathed all throughout the day that we can simply, in an effort to remain open to others and to God, whisper words of hope, gratitude, and prayer throughout the day. God, thank you for the gift of this morning. Lord, will you please be near to all of the heartache around me. God, help me to know what to do next. Just little whispered words of prayer sprinkled throughout the day can help us Tend to the flame within, to trim the wick and tend to the flame, to help us remain open to the steadfast love of God. Amen.